Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wiley, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast on a mission to make talking openly about sex and what we want way more normal than it is right now. The sooner we destigmatize, the sooner we can all lead better laid lives. But woof, what a task we have before us. Our guest today is 27 years old as of today. I love you lovers who are celebrating out there with sex stories, and I am so happy to be a part of it, and I'm so happy to introduce to you our birthday girl, a kinky, submissive, bisexual, cis female who is into butt stuff, bondage, and impact play, and is open to trying pretty much everything at once or twice, an avid tarot reader and astrologer who is majoring in psychology and studying thanatology. I had to look up what that meant. Thanatology is the scientific discipline that examines death from many perspectives, including physical, ethical, spiritual, medical, sociological, and psychological. From Utah, welcome, Kate. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here. Can you start off by telling our listeners if you had to rate yourself on a sexual shameometer with 10 being very full of shame and one being not so shamey, where do you fall right now? I would say I probably fall right in the middle, probably around a four to six. It depends on the day. Today, I'm feeling a little bit in the five range. <laughs> okay. Can you tell us when you feel more shamey and less shamey? What are the circumstances that influence your shame meter Talking about it can be a little bit hard just because where I was raised has been a religious area and I was never within the religion, but growing up out of, outside of it was really difficult. And they really preach like no sex before marriage, you know, like you only have sex to have kids, you know, that sort of thing. And so shamey sometimes when I'm talking about it, unless I'm comfortable with the people that I'm talking about it with. That makes a lot of sense. Can you tell us now what sexy means to you? What's your personal definition? Consent is key. 
Like, if we are about to get dirty, I want to make sure that we're both on the same page. <laughs> yeah. I want to make sure that we're, like, both ready and that we want to. And if there's any hint of, you know, resistance, I want to, like, nip that in the bud. Did you ever learn about consent explicitly growing up? Not that I really remember. It's something that I feel like is being talked a lot more about, like, more recently. Is like, you know, the media movement and everything. I think it's blowing up a lot more now, but I didn't really get to talk about it when I was younger. Yeah, same. Have you had an experience that you can remember where an explicit yes was very sexy for you? Yeah, so probably with my most recent partner, just like being expressly open about it. That's been a really positive experience for me because that's something that he checks in with me and makes sure that everything's okay. And if I'm still like ready for it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's super sexy. On that note, can you just give us a little overview of what your sex life is like right now and your favorite parts? Oh, my favorite parts. It's not super active because of the pandemic. So I can't really speak a whole lot about what it's like right now. But a couple months ago, <laughs> it was like every weekend because like we don't live together. It was like every weekend I'd go over and see him. And we were actually in a polyamorous relationship for a little bit, which we can talk about later. So we're not currently, it's kind of a complicated situation, but like we're not technically together right now. We're both taking a step back to work on our own mental health so that we can get ourselves ready for a relationship. Beautiful. But it's been about since June of last year. So almost a year, nine months. He was a previous partner from earlier in my life as well. Ooh, okay. Is it offensive to call him a boomerang? Because I call people who come back around in my life several times boomerangs. <laughs> I don't think it's offensive. Boomerangs are hard to throw, but fun to play with when they work. <laughs> okay. And then can you just tell us, in general, what happens to your shame-o-meter when it's time to talk to a new partner about safer sex? And what does that ideal version of that conversation look like for you? I think my shameometer kind of goes down, actually. Like I said, I'm kind of gung-ho about things, and I'm, like, very into my own safety. So I want to go in with it being, like, are we using protection? Are we doing this? Like, are we on birth control? Whatever. You know, and so my shameometer tends to go down a little bit. I'm very upfront about, like, hey, have you been tested recently? Are we going to use protection? And going through all of that. Amazing. How did you learn to be gung-ho about it? Was it just always like that for you? No, I think I really grew into the Leo part of me. I really grew into it. So take us back to your early years. What is your first memory around sex? So my first memory around sex probably has to do with like my own self. Like I discovered masturbating fairly young. I was probably around 10 years old and I discovered the tub faucet. And I just like remember like putting my legs up on the side of the tub and like just letting it go, you know? <laughs> And yeah, so I found out that it just felt really good. And so that's just kind of where it went from there. I masturbated like that for a really long time. And I think I got a sex talk about a year or so later. I finally just asked my mom, I was like, why do women always yell at their husbands? I hate you. You did this to me. And that's kind of how our sex talk got started. And she was like, well... Whoa. And then she explained to me everything. But I didn't get like a birds and the bees analogy. I still don't know what that means these days. Like, what are the birds and the bees? Why are they doing this? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea why that's the actual thing. When you discovered yourself in the bathtub, did you know that that was a sexual thing? 
No, I had no idea that that was a sexual thing at the time. Okay. Do you remember what the link was that your mom made between angry people and sex? Because that's quite an interesting first explanation from a grown-up. I don't think that it was the link between the yelling. It was that I asked specifically why the woman would be like, you did this to me. So I asked her, what did the man do to her? Like, why is she yelling at him? And she was like, well, they had sex. And I don't really remember like the whole talk, but she explained it. And I told her, I was like, that is really gross. I will forget that. And she just goes, no, you won't. Whoa. Okay. I never forgot. So that's a very specific type of sex talk. So you didn't get the biological information from parents. Did you get it at school? No. So our school was very much like, you're bleeding, you're going to start bleeding, and that's it. Didn't get much else. Oh, probably you should practice abstinence. And that was basically our sex talk. I got some cool stickers of butterflies because we got like little grab bag of I think it was like menstrual products and like period stickers of some sort but like my mom explained to me how sex works and so that's why I was like that's gross I don't like that he goes into her that's gross so when did sex start to click in your brain like the sex that you understand now like when did it go from like oh that thing feels good in the bathtub to like oh there's a connection between the feeling good and the scary bleeding and pleasure with partners like how when did that start to kind of like clarify or appear for you probably around 15 and 16 there was an experience i had when i was around 14 that i had this boyfriend and he decided that he was going to finger me and like it just didn't work like I didn't get wet it didn't feel good at all like I don't think he knew what he was doing either that first experience kind of tainted it for me for a while up until I was actually sexually active which was like I think a few days before my 16th birthday where I actually had sex for the first time it was with a more experienced partner and it did make it pretty good if that counts for anything Goodness always counts. Would you like to share with us the details of what you remember liking about it? Like whether it's physical or emotional experiences or a combination of the two, like what was it about it that was like pretty good? The physical feeling was just really nice. Like it didn't really hurt. I didn't bleed or anything. And I think that's a pretty common thing, isn't it? That they bleed. I've heard some stories of it, but I didn't either. Okay. I'm glad that's pretty normal because like he knew what he was doing because he was a few years older than me at the time, which is kind of problematic looking back because I was a minor still and he was not. And so that's kind of something I wanted to talk about as well, because I think when you're 16 and there's someone that's a few years older than you, you feel really like desirable, you know, and that's a really good feeling, but it can come from a not great place. You get into the grooming territory, if that makes sense. Can you tell me about your personal experience with what you experienced and how it's kind of like shaped these feelings? Like, do you feel like you were groomed? Yeah, a little bit. I feel like it was very emotionally abusive and he made me kind of cut off all my friends. And it was just this whole thing. Like he would use a lot of manipulation on me. Oh. And so that's kind of something that I want to bring more awareness to by talking about it, that this does very much happen. It's easy to fall into the trap of, oh, this older man likes me. I must be desirable. The self-esteem that comes from it isn't worth being taken advantage of in that way. Are there any feelings that you're able to identify looking 
back now with the perspective that you have that you can say, hey, that was a red flag and I didn't know it at the time or I didn't feel it at the time. What were your experiences? So one time that I can recall is he wanted me to prove that I loved him. And so this entailed me sneaking out of the house at 2 a.m. and then walking almost a mile into town so that he could pick me up. And it was like in the middle of the night. I live on a highway. There's lots of cars going by all the time. So I had to like sneak through the bushes as I'm like going through. And that was all like to prove that I loved him. (gasps) That was a very intense and like scary experience. And it can just show like what you're willing to do for someone that you think you love, especially when you're like 16 years old and you don't really know what that means. Yes. At what point did you realize or say to yourself, this is not okay? So it all came to a melting point when. I was going to a friend's graduation and he was upset that the friend I was going to see was a male. And so he told me, I'm going to go to the graduation and I'm going to take a date so you can see us. And I'm like, I'm not anymore. Like, you cannot have this control over me. I'm not doing it ever again. Like, I just can't handle it. And so we broke things off, which was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. A couple of years later, he came back and he was like, I think we should try again. And I was like, no way we're not doing this. I'm not going to go through that again. And so he ended up like rebounding with someone and he texted me and he was like, she's pregnant. This is your fault. And I'm like, that is not my fault. I did not make you put your dick in her. Wow. So what did you do to take care of yourself after this? And was this a formative sexual relationship for you? Yeah. I was 16 and he was 20. Okay, so that ended, and it sounds like you had some clarity around it, but that's also, it's not like you knew what the normal baselines for relationship or dating or sex were. What did you do next? Like, what happened next for your sexual unfolding? I got a new boyfriend after that, and things were, like, pretty good for the most part. Like, we had a lot of sex, but it wasn't, like, particularly anything to super talk about. It was so boring and vanilla. Did you like it, though? Or was it just like you were doing it because you had an expectation? Yeah, I think it was more I was doing it because I had an expectation more than anything. Like, I wasn't doing it because I was like, I want to do this and I want to get close to my partner. Like, that's very much how I am now. But Mm -hmm. looking back, like, all of my relationships have major red flags for them. Were you more of like a dater or were you more of like a relationship person I kind of jumped from partner to partner. And I think a lot of this is because I have borderline personality disorder. And so I have a really hard time with personal relationships in that I tend to push and pull people away. Mm. And so it's made it kind of hard for me, like having a serious relationship. Like I mentioned, my most recent partner is like probably the most serious relationship I've ever had because it's actually semi-healthy. Like we both go to therapy. We both talk about everything. Yes. It's so much better now. That's amazing. I mean, the fact that you are taking a break to focus on yourself for a little bit, but it sounds like still remaining in some kind of connection and keeping that conversation open. That's mature. as That's hot. I love that. God, thank you. That's very sexy of us. (laughs) It's very sexy of you. So in these early, shall we say, difficult times, was there anything delicious that you discovered at all? Or was your main discovery like, I want something different. I want something better. Like, what do you remember? When did it start to get good? So I'm going to be honest. My sex life got heaps better after I started listening to this podcast. 
It opened my world up so much because, like I said, I've grown up in a really conservative area where sex is not talked about at all. And if it is, it's like, you should not have sex. You should not have sex before marriage. Yeah. So that's about the extent of, like, how much sex is talked about. That makes me so happy. So when did you start listening? In early 2020 in the pandemic. One of my favorite things to do was to get stoned, turn your podcast on, and play some Sims. That makes me incredibly happy. And also, I really do wonder who else out there has a similar experience because just for a peek behind the curtain, listenership-wise, I freaked out at the end of May 2020 because listenership had been hovering around like 5,000 people an episode, maybe 7,000 on a good week. And within the span of two weeks, so from mid-May to end of May, it suddenly spiked and was getting like fifteen to 20,000 downloads an episode. And that's when a lot of stuff exploded, like at the end of May in 2020. And so I was like, oh, I have an audience. What do, do? What do I do? What do I do? And it's amazing because now I'm hearing from so many of you that were like, yes, the pandemic. And then I started listening and then this happened. And so what was your version of that? What happened next? Well, when I first started listening, I kind of took it into my own hands. I guess it would be my own hands. If we're going to talk about masturbation. That's where we're going right now. So I took everything I listened to and kind of like incorporated it into my own masturbation because I wasn't with anybody at the time. And like the pandemic was incredibly isolating. So I mean, myself was my own source of sexual pleasure for a long time. Same. You were creative about your original creativity. Okay. What did you explore? What did you start with? And like, did you have a method? So I have this really nice vibrator. It's just like a massager, but it's like the best thing in the world. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health. But if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I too love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. And then... I've got like dildos now, which are pretty awesome. And then just, you know, manual stimulation is pretty awesome. But I started to explore butt stuff because I was inspired. (laughs) I got myself like a butt plug set and like started using it. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. 
That's amazing. Oh, I love hearing when people explore their butts themselves for the first time. Okay, can you tell us a little bit of specifics about like how you like to be touched? Let's start with your pussy. Like when you're using manual stimulation, where do you like to be touched? What intensities are you a one hand, two hand, inside, outside? What's your clit like? Like just tell us what you're into. Ooh. So with my fingers, I kind of do like this kind of, you know. There is a wonderful visual if you're watching the video. I love touching my clit. I can't touch it directly. It has to be under the hood because it's just, it's too sensitive. She's too sensitive. I can't do it. Another thing that I kind of explored was trying to force myself to come like through the vibrator and just like holding it directly on the clit, like no hood and everything. And that's a very intense sensation. And it was really awesome. Does it work for you? Sometimes. Sometimes I get really in my head about it. And I'm like, holy crap, this is too intense for me. Yeah. But it's fantastic, to be honest. I really like my boobs touched. I used to have nipple piercings, but I had to take them out and then they healed up. Are your nipples sensitive? Not really. That's why I got the piercings. I was like, (laughs) I want them to be more sensitive. I want to feel things. Do you ever do fingers inside? I don't really like fingering myself. I think it feels weird. I don't know. I don't like the feeling of it on my fingers. I don't mind fingering other girls. It's just my own vagina. I'm like, "Mm, no, I don't (laughs) like that. What about your butt? Do you feel the same way about your butt and fingers? Like, Are you more toys only down there? I have definitely used fingers on my ass. Another thing I got inspired by is like the assgasm with your finger. Like, in there when you orgasm isn't that a cool feeling that is one of my favorite things feeling (laughs) so cool like i totally got inspired and like tried it and i was like this is mind-blowing this is life-changing oh that makes me so happy okay what are your kind of like preference waves around masturbation are you pretty consistent do you do it regularly or do you have ebbs and flows yeah what's your masturbation schedule like (laughs) i do it pretty often just when i'm bleeding I don't tend to do it as much because I'm like you need to rest like you're doing a lot of work right now I'm gonna just let you be and then we'll get back on track when I'm done bleeding got it do you ever have cramps because sometimes orgasms can help cramps I do have cramps sometimes but I've tried it it doesn't really like do a whole lot for me got it okay what about toys you mentioned dildos and you mentioned you have an awesome vibrator can you describe the shape of the vibrator and then tell us a little bit about what you like to do with your dildos It's just like a long wand. It's like one of the Hitachi wands, if you know what those are. I have a wand that is plug in. It is my go-to trusty, dusty buddy. That's exactly what it is. And so I have that and then still those. They're the ones with suction cups. So sometimes I'll suction them onto something and just like go to town. And then riding them is really fun. Where do you suction them to in order to ride them? Because I haven't done that yet because I'm like, I don't know what to stick it to in here. Maybe a stool? I just kind of do it on my bed. It doesn't stick to anything, so I have to, like, readjust it. Are you holding it, or how do you kind of keep track of it? Like, these are the things where I kind of need someone to show me or tell me, because I'm like, wait, but, like, literally, how you do you do it? <laughs> yeah, well, since it's inside me when I'm writing it, it keeps it stationary, and so I can just kind of do whatever I want then. Another really good experience is writing it and then taking the wand and, like, stimulating my clit like that. Oh, it's great. <sighs> Amazing. Are you a person who has ridden any of your dildos with your ass? Is that something that you're like working up to? I have actually double penetrated myself before with two dildos. That's what I do with my dildos. I'm practicing. Okay. We're in the same boat then. Yeah. So I have a smaller like dildo toy 
that one night I was just like, I am not getting enough from this. I am so wet. Like I was wet enough that I could like lubricate my ass with it. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to try it. We're going to do it. And it was like the best thing that I've ever experienced. Just like there's something about having all my holes filled that is just fantastic. Yes. I have been lately really craving triple fillings. Even when I'm just like touching myself, I'm like, oh no, I do need a finger in my butt. And then I like want some sort of oral stimulation. Like I am craving a partner to like bite or suck their fingers or kiss or chew an earlobe or have balls in my mouth or something. Like I love having that like three-way stimulation. And then if someone could also just be touching the rest of my body, yes, please. I love that. Do you salivate at the idea of giving someone a blowjob? Because that's totally. something I do. Like, if I think about it, I'm like, oh. have you done butt stuff in person yet with a partner? Yes. How was that for you? Oh, it was fucking awesome. He was really good about it. He's done it before. And so he, like, knew to go slow. It was, like, the perfect first butt feeling <gasps> experience that I have had. Yay! That's amazing. Is this a partner for whom you might drool over the prospect of a blowjob? This is your partner. Okay. Does he know that? Yes. I am totally into him face-fucking me. It is awesome. There's something about, like, it feels so dirty sometimes, especially if he, like, grabs my hair and I'm just, Mm. like, gagging and, like, spits going everywhere. There's just something about, like, the dirtiness of it that is just so tantalizing. Yeah. What about receiving attention from a partner orally. Is that something you're into? Yes, I love it. I'm actually a pretty hard come when it comes to having sex with my partners. Uh One of my exes, the one that I mentioned was just like pretty vanilla. I had an experience with him where it was the first time that I'd ever tasted semen. Like I had gone down on him and like made him come. And so I like swallowed cum and I was just like, I don't know how I feel about that yet. Like, I'm still processing. And he just goes, well, you don't always taste good, but I still do it. And I'm like, okay, thank you. And then, (laughs) like, a while later, he wanted to go down on me. And I was like, no, you can't. And he was like, why? And I was like, well, you said this. Yeah. And then he was like, I just said it out of spite because I was mad at you. And I was like, so you ruined my self-image? Yeah. Thank you. That is just such a clear example of the weird shame-blame culture that we seem tangled in that I hope that we can all change together. What effect did that have on your ability to receive oral sex from other partners? Oh, I still have big insecurities about it. And like, I'll like stop my partner and be like, do I taste okay? Is everything okay? And he was like, yes, this is good. Come on, just let me do it. You know, like sit on my face. I mean, it is important. Like we need to have partners who if we do taste truly off that could be the sign of a bacterial infection so for safety's sake i would hope that i would have someone who feels comfortable enough being like hey babe you do taste different today i also will say i can taste the difference in myself if i am with a partner who fucks me and then so that's when i'm like wait is something wrong and so like you know no i know exactly what you mean and like is it weird to taste yourself because i've done it and i'm like i think i taste fine like i like it i mean Is it weird for me to want to get fucked and then go down on that same penis? And if we happen to be fluid bonded and they have a vasectomy, I think it's cool. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. I am fluid bonded with this last partner. Is it easier for you to receive now with him? Yeah, with him, it's much easier. Like we're getting to the point where I'm getting more comfortable. Like I said, I have a lot of 
insecurities around sex. And so yeah. it's like taken us a while to build up to where we are now. Beautiful. Can you say some of the specifics of what you like to receive? I love when he goes down on me. I love when he fucks me. I love when he fucks my ass. I love blowing him. Like, I just love all of it. Amazing. Do you have specifics about any of those? There are specific ways he goes down on you that you love? Are there specific positions that you love to be fucked in or specific like turn ons or just ways he says stuff? I'm very much into the daddy kink. And so like I'll call him daddy and he has this thing where he whispers in my ear and it just makes me melt like butter oh that's beautiful how did you discover that daddy did it for you oh god i joked myself into it i made jokes about having a daddy kink for so long that i just like was like hmm i wonder how it would feel to call someone that and then i did and i was like light bulb moment hot i love that beautiful beautiful thank you thank you what does he call you he calls me baby he calls me i think he's called me kitten before i'm into it so i happen to have a little foreknowledge i know that you are an eighth house pisces son and for our listeners who are astrologically inclined that's ultimate compassion pisces also rules bondage fantasy prison you know like the submissive stuff in the house of like sex death money so can you speak a little bit to like how your astrological and tarot practitioner self if at all has an influence on your sexy self or like do they have a relationship i think it does a little bit in the sex can be a transcendental experience i think especially if you're with that like really special person and so i bridge them together by like seeing it as like this is going to sound weird like enlightenment almost if that makes sense. I don't know if it does. I feel like I fucked myself into like new realizations for sure. Okay. I'm glad I'm on the same page with you then because it's transcendental and you can like really get to know yourself in that way. Yeah. How does it show up for you? Is there a feeling? Contentment probably. Mm. Like the afterglow probably. What are your favorite ways to play with a partner during sex? Have you had opportunity to kind of like experience the playful parts of yourself? Our relationship is very playful and like we banter quite a bit as it is. So it doesn't make it awkward if something weird happens or if like one of us farts or like once like <laughs> my pussy makes a weird sound or something. Yes. Like, it's just fine. He fished a condom out of me one time and it was just like perfectly <laughs> fine. Like we're completely comfortable with each other in those ways. That's amazing. Was exploring calling him daddy the first time that you like started to meet your kinky submissive self or did you have inklings before then? I definitely had inklings of it before then. I've called other partners daddy, but it didn't quite feel right. But with him, it's like he is taking care of me like in literally all the ways like even like cooks for me sometimes and so it's like daddy like it really clicked into place with him particularly even though I had inklings of it before then he's the one that it just kind of clicked into place with yeah do you have any guesses about why or can you speak to sort of a feeling at all that allows for it or a dynamic at all that makes it extra juicy for you I think it's because we were such good friends before like a couple years ago, we were friends and then we stopped talking for a while and then he boomeranged back around and we really got close again. <laughs> and so I think a lot of it is just the friendship that's underneath. That sounds so like cliche and stuff, but I think 
the friendship that I have with him like comes first and foremost. And so it makes things really easy for other things to click into place. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Well, and I think what I've heard from other people is that it takes a certain type of trust to make transitioning a friendship into lovership like less scary and not more scary you know so it sounds like you were bonded at a level where you're like oh no we have trust that we can play that way oh yeah because he always made me feel safe like even before we stopped talking he was like a safe place for me whether it was about sex or if it was about just life in general he was just always like a constant there yeah yeah So we've heard a little bit about kind of like the transcendent possibilities that you experience spiritually, if that's a good word to use, sex-wise. What about your body? I happen to have foreknowledge that there is very little earth in your chart, and the earth you do have is an earthquake. (laughs) It's Uranus. (laughs) When do you feel the most in touch with your body, and how do you ground yourself if you need to? Or is a lot of your sexual experience like air out in the air or like do you experience the water parts like can you speak a little bit to the like elemental stuff but particularly as it relates to your human body so i feel the most in touch with my body when i am just masturbating and taking the time to spend with myself and just touch myself and just feel the pleasure that my body is capable of feeling (sighs) that's when i feel the most in touch with it i would say that there's a lot of like all overness to it But there are times when I'm just like by myself where I just lay down and just let whatever happen, happen. That's amazing. It really sounds like you have the whole smorgasbord of like, okay, I can do the Piscean surrender. Okay, but I have Mars in Leo. You said it was on your rising. So is that in your first house? Yes. (laughs) So you show up with this like really intense warrior of self, like warrior of creativity, play, children, like... That Leo energy, I am so jealous of. I mean, I have a fifth house sun and Venus and Taurus, but like there's a certain fire to it that creates this kind of passion. And you spoke to that a little bit earlier. So like, do you feel like that's why you're so horny? Like that plus an eighth house sun? Probably. <laughs> like between the eighth house sun and just all of the Leo energy that I have, I think that's probably a good indication of why my sex drive is so high. Oh my gosh. Mothers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people? This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities. All thanks to Flora. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Fleur and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Fleur App celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. 
It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. In your perfect world, how often would you be like having partnered sex? Oh, like every day. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even during like periods and stuff, like that's never been a problem for me and this partner. Like it's never stopped us. We just put down a red sheet and call it good. Fuck yes. I think the Leo really brings out like a more playful side as well. Like the more laid back, like anything that happens, happens kind of attitude. Plus like the Piscean being able to just surrender to that. Is role play something you think you'd be into or are you into? Yes, a little bit. I haven't explored it too much beyond like the daddy kink thing, okay. but it's definitely something where we've like jokingly been like, oh, doctor, like, why are you touching me like that? You know, like that sort of thing. Like we haven't dove like headfirst into it yet. And I think that's something that we may have to explore. Ooh, yeah. Would you want to explore a doctor nurse thing or like what are some of your fantasy ooh, scenarios? Doctor patient. Doctor patient. Like, oh, that's like so taboo and dirty. Ooh, maybe like a teacher-student sort of dynamic. That could be kind of interesting because I'm a student right now. Okay, actually, maybe that isn't the best idea. I don't know. Now that I think about it. Hot TAs were always, a, there was definitely a cinema TA who I had when I was in college and I was just like, he's so, like, he was so like angsty and cute and was like a PhD student. And I was just like, wow, he's probably so smart. But I like never talked to him, but I totally had that crush. I have oh, no I have crushes here. on everybody. Really? Like, okay. Do you experience that? You just like I sure do. crush on everybody. You're like, oh, you're kind of hot. I like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I do. You're really cute. I just find people to be cute all the time. I love like, that. It doesn't matter who. I just love them. I mean, I have Mars in the seventh house. Ooh. And it's Cancer, so it's water. You know, it's no first house Mars and Leo. <laughs> but <laughs> I think I do have this like just deep desire. I feel like my desire is really, really endless. Have you ever walked up to someone that you had an aesthetic crush on and been like, hey, I think you're really cute. I would like to sleep with oh, you. Oh, yeah. You have? I haven't explicitly been like, I want to sleep with you, but I'd be like, I think you're really cute. Like, do you want to exchange numbers? There was a hot bartender in LA when I was there last. And I was like, I got a little drunk and I was like, you are really cute. And he was like, I have a girlfriend. Oh. So it didn't work <laughs> out super well for me. But that has definitely happened. Like, I think the Leo really helps me go for it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I have, like, confidence at some points that helps me, like, really initiate things at times. Yeah, I'm not hearing an ounce of the Libra moon tendency to be like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Like, it sounds like you're just like, no, I'm going to go for it. <laughs> Do you feel like that is characteristic of your sex life now? Like, it sounds like you really are on this kind of like new exploration mission. Or do you feel like there still is hesitancy? Like, how has it come up for you if it is there? There is still hesitancy. I think a lot of it is centered around the fact that I have a hard time coming with other partners. Mm. It's mostly just like I said, like the experiences earlier that I had, like the uneven power dynamic when I was 16. His version of sex was just like, oh, sex is for the guy. Like girls are just kind of there for their pleasure. And so that kind of tainted how I feel about sex. And I yeah. think that 
plays into why I'm so submissive as well, because I really like serving other people and making other people feel good more so than having it done to me. Like I still Mm. enjoy having it done, but I get a lot more pleasure out of being pleasurable for the other person. Okay. Really a service submissive. You also mentioned that you're in therapy. Can you speak a little bit to that of just like in terms of healing or in terms of just like figuring out your sexy stuff? Is it helpful? Like I'm a huge fan of therapy and it really feels like my sex life got better when I started going. Can you tell us a little bit about your healing journey? My healing journey has been pretty intense. I just started going back to therapy again after a long gap of not going. And so it's still like a fairly, how do I say it? It's still young in the process, if that makes sense. And so we haven't really dug into all of the sexual stuff with my therapist quite yet. It will probably be something that I bring up later on. Got it. So in a trust building phase. Oh, yeah. I mean, I still I trust her. I think there's just other things that are traumatic that take precedence over it. Got it. But I think this has been kind of enlightening because I think I should probably bring it up with her. To be honest, like the traumatic experiences. I don't want to give you a should. I'm definitely oh, not giving no. you a should. Okay. Oh, I know. I know. I know. That's just me like speaking to myself. Like that's a pretty good idea. That would probably be beneficial to bring up actually. Yeah. I mean, I didn't for a while because I just didn't know that that was something I could do. And because I had no explicit sexual trauma, I wish though that early on I had been like, uh, I get rejected a lot and I'm nice and not ugly. Really? Oh, still, 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 still. I mean, more so now. Yeah, well, now people are like, you have a podcast. You know, some people don't care. It's also because kind of like with you, I put myself out there. So Mm -hmm. you don't get rejected if you never put yourself out there and only say yes or no to other people. But I have been making a concerted effort to be like, here is what I want. And this year in particular, I'm trying to ask for what I want, which is really scary and hard for me. It's hard. It's scary and hard for me, but it doesn't have to be hard. It's actually just a practice. So I've been building my creativity muscles for the past six years, seven years in a concerted way. Now they're very strong. So I'm ready to start, you know, lifting the ask muscle more. And I also just didn't realize it was something I just could do. Like I was like, oh yeah, well, of course I could ask for, I mean, uh," you know, just like making all kinds of excuses, but yeah. I feel like a burden if I ask for things that I need, you know, like I'm still kind of in that phase where I'm like, I'm very serving, like I'm here for you, you know, like, don't worry about me. Yeah. So I'm still kind of in that. That's why I think it's probably beneficial that I bring it up to my therapist because a lot of those like formative years like really left an imprint on me. Yeah. Have you ever had a more dominant partner? It sounds like your partner, maybe a little bit, but are there specific moments where it's like, you have to receive this pleasure right now? Or like, is there anything like that? Oh, yeah. There was one time back when we were with our girlfriend that he actually tied me up and then had her hold me down, like hold the ropes down so that I couldn't move. And he was like, we are going to make you come like if you like it or not. And so that was a really awesome experience, too. That's something I want to explore more like. I've only had one bondage experience, but it was awesome, and I really want to try it again. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like you did like it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about this girlfriend and kind of the polyamory experience that you have? Yeah, so we were polyamorous for a little bit. They were the original relationship, and then me and her became friends. He introduced us. He was like, my ex wants to try being with a girl because she thinks she's bisexual and I know that you also 
want to have an experience and find out for yourself. Because for a while, I was sure that I was bisexual, but I was afraid that like, what if I actually hate it? Like, what if I hate going down on girls or what if I hate it? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, especially if you had a dude being like, oh, the tastes are bad. Like, that's a traumatic thing. Okay, so you found out you didn't. Oh, I found out that I didn't. I love it. I love eating people out. I've only <laughs> I've only gone down on one girl, but I definitely want to try it more. Yeah. But as far as the polyamory, it was really good. There was a lot of threesomes okay. that happened. I found out that I'm kind of voyeuristic. I liked watching them a lot as well. And yes. that got me off quite a bit. It's like personal porn. Oh, yeah, it really is. It was awesome. Then it didn't end super great because she ended up giving him an ultimatum between me and her. Oh, that's tough. Okay. It was not cool. And so that ended and then it's just been me and him for the past few months. It kind of ended a little bit poorly because of that. But the experiences that I got from it were really valuable in that I found that I was solidly into women as well. And then I'm open to polyamory. I don't know if I would necessarily do it again. It would have to be with the right person. Yeah. What about group sex in general, though? Ooh, I find it so hot. I want to like participate. I like the idea of like me and my partner going to like a sex party and like mm. being around other people doing it and like personal porn, man. I want to experience it in that sort of way. I don't know if I would necessarily want like other people to get involved with us, but I definitely like watching group sex. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds, if I'm hearing correctly, it sounds like you would be open to having your partner do stuff to you with other people around and watching. Or, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm a bit of an exhibitionist as well. I like being watched. So. Okay. Do you have experience with that outside of that threesome that you talked about? Mm-mm. Not, Not yet. That's yet. something <laughs> I would be. That would be something that I'd be interested in exploring if that's something that he would be comfortable with. That's awesome. Are there other kinky things about you that you enjoy that we don't know yet? You mentioned impact play. What are some details there? Ooh, I love being spanked and I would totally be open to like having a flogger or a paddle or something. I really like pain. I'm a bit of a masochist. Like, as you can tell, like with the piercings and the tattoos, I'm a bit of a masochist. So I enjoy the pain. And so there was one time where I actually asked him to hit me so hard that he actually broke skin on my ass. So I have a scar on my butt now from being spanked. Whoa. But I'm into it. I love it. That's amazing. When did it break? Like, were you getting slapped for a while or was it like one big no, slap? No, like, it was one big slap. Holy fuck. I was impressed. Was his hand okay? Was he wearing a ring? How did that happen? I have no idea. I just, I have really tender skin, I guess. And I bruise wow. really easily. And so it's really easy to bruise my ass up because it's just, my skin is just naturally like really bruisable, oh I guess. I'm reacting to that as if it's a given that's hot because I like bruises. Do you like bruises? Oh, I love them. I like the idea of like being marked. You know what I yeah. mean? Oh, I do. Like being marked like by bruises. And then I also kind of consider like someone coming in me as being marked as well. Oh, my God. If that makes sense. Totally. Totally. Is that something you've had experience with? Yeah, I think I kind of have developed a bit of a breeding kink because of him because he's actually the first partner that I've let come inside of me. Wow. And so okay. that's been an experience. It's like a very like intimate thing for me, an intimate totally. and personal thing. Like you have to be really special to me for me to like risk it. Yeah. 
are you on birth control or are you like is mm-hmm. there okay yeah. yes i am okay Woo-hoo. <laughs> we're doing good so far okay so what have you not explored that you want to explore i want to explore bondage a little bit more i want to be tied up and like held down so that i can't move i want to explore being blindfolded because i like the idea of like the sensory deprivation that comes with it not being able to see like there's just something about that that sounds so hot to me i like the idea of group sex like i said that's something that i'd be open to exploring but mostly on like watching other people as opposed to like joining in with them like i said Will you tell us also a little bit about like sexting, nudes? Are you into stuff like that? Yeah, I am. I really enjoy sexting. I feel kind of awkward doing it sometimes. I love taking nudes. I love taking them and like receiving them from my partner is always like, oh, look what I did to you. You know what I mean? And so I love taking them. Like I said, I'm a bit of an exhibitionist. And so I'll just be like sitting at my computer and I'll like lift my shirt up and be like, look, this is for you. Fun. Do you usually initiate the sending of nudes or do you get orders or anything like that? Yeah. Being ordered would be kind of fun. They always like ordered me to strip and stuff before. Ooh. So sexting wise, what do you like to receive? You said you love getting a sext. Is there a specific like phrase or an example of something you love? Ooh, I just love being told what they want to do to me. Like in dirty detail, you know, like, ooh, I want to hold you down. An example of our sense of humor the other day i think it was yesterday actually he texts me and he's like i want to give you a really good weedering <laughs> what is that a good weenering i mean i recently for the first time heard someone say i think dick you up is that i think that's the phrase that i dick heard you I up like, i want to dick you up and i was like i'm into it i like that <laughs> i'm kind of into it okay do that i'm ready for it i'm like yeah dick me up please this is great <laughs> good wienering i would take a good wienering <laughs> do you guys watch porn together at all yeah we have actually yeah a lot of times like i said like i'm a bit of a hard come so sometimes i'll like need that extra little bit because i can really empathize with like the person in the video if that makes sense just like seeing people getting touched, I can kind of, I have synesthesia, so I can kind of feel things on my skin. And so it makes it really easy for me to empathize with the touches. And like, if it's like close up of their pussy, I can really like get into it and be like, okay, I can feel that in my own pussy. Like, this is fantastic. And so we do watch porn together sometimes. Does that dictate the type of porn you select? Are you like, I want to feel this? Or does it just depend on the type of porn? Yeah, I really like lesbian porn. I really like threesomes. I like POV porn. I empathize more with the women in the video. So if I can see them getting fucked, I can get really into it, you know? I love watching amateur porn because I love seeing, like, couples that actually have a connection instead Mm -hmm. of just, like, the fake porn you know, just him ramming her real hard or something. I really like watching the buildup and the connection between the people because I have a really deep connection with my partner. And so seeing that emanated outside of it is just something that I can really empathize with. That's beautiful. Are there any other turn-ons or turn-offs that we haven't talked about yet? I don't really like bad hygiene. Like I prefer if you like showered before. I'm a bit of a germaphobe. And so I don't really like bad hygiene. That's kind of a turnoff for me. 
as far as turn-ons, just like the sexting, like telling me what you're going to do to me later, that sort of thing. I love that. Yeah. And for me, the follow-through. Don't just tell me. Fucking do it. Oh, yeah. The follow-through, being teased. Yeah. Anti-follow-through is a turn-off for me, but being teased and then someone delivering on that tease, amazing. Oh, so sexy. When would you say you feel the most appreciated sexually? When I'm being told how good I make them feel. And like, if they're like making like a lot of sound, I feel a lot of appreciation from them. Because like, if you're being quiet, I don't know if you're enjoying it or not. But if you're like making noises, then I know that I am making you feel good. And that makes me feel good. Beautiful. Do you have sex dreams ever? Yes. Most of them are with girls, actually, more than men. I think I'm actually, like, technically more attracted to women than I am men. They're very pretty. They are. I mostly have sex dreams about women. I always, like, wake up right before I come, though, and it's a tragedy. Yeah, yeah. I had a dream the other night that was almost a sex dream, but it was like I ended up just cuddling with the person. It was like a repair person that came to my house, but then I was doing the fixing and I was in lingerie, but I like liked him even though he wasn't like classically attractive. And I was like, well, there's me doing my pattern again, but also I like really wanted him to be with me, but then he wouldn't have sex with me and he would kiss me a little bit, but not very much. And the weird thing is in the dream, his name was Greg. And so, like, I woke up and I was like, I never get random, like, the pretty ladies that you're having sex with in your dreams or having the sexual chemistry with, do they ever get names? I don't necessarily get names. It's more people that I actually know. And like, <sighs> Yeah, I've had that for sure. I had, like, a closeted crush on a couple of my childhood friends because they're featured in my sex dreams a lot. How young did those dreams start for you? I would say I think probably near the end of my teenage years is when I really first remember that happening. Nice. To circle back to finish my Greg story, I found out that Gregory means vigilant defender. So my dream Greg didn't want to kiss me or have sex with me, but did want to cuddle. So maybe there's like a vigilant cuddle defender somewhere in my sphere. You just have a spirit guide that wants to cuddle (laughs) and coddle you. That's just my spirit, Greg, just, you know, cuddling me, protecting me. I actually, like, love that idea because I could always use more cuddles. Are you a cuddly person? Yes. So my number one love language is physical touch. So I'm very much, like, very touchy. If I'm not cuddling you, I at least have my hand, like, on your arm or something. Like, I need that contact. Yeah. Did you have formalized aftercare with your partner ever? It sounds like you were, like, kind of kinky. Would you get into, like aftercare stuff like cuddling or or cuddling just like a standard part of the relationship cuddling is the standard part of the relationship we almost always start out cuddling and we almost always end up cuddling as well beautiful so if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice what age or ages would you pick and what would you say i would probably pick around age 16 and it would just be don't let someone manipulate you don't try to prove your love in all of these crazy ways that's not what love is and I think that's probably the only advice I'd really give myself other than it's okay to be open it's okay to connect with your partners that's very beautiful Kate thank you so much for being a guest on the show thank you for having me do you have a sex question you want to ask me is there anything that you have 
on the top of your sex bucket list? Is there something that you haven't tried that you really want to try? Lovers, that is our show this week. Thank you for letting me into your sweet ears. I love you. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Let me know if you are an astrology nerd who is also curious about your sex life. I know there's like two handfuls of you that I've talked to before. And oh shit, Becky, I just realized I still need to send you your thing from like however long ago that was. A year. Okay, I'm going to send it. Uh, Astrologically curious people, get in touch with me. Because Stella Luna, (laughs) well, you'll see. All of that is to say, remember to share sex stories. Lovely humans, thank you for listening. If you appreciate the work that I put into this podcast, I would love it if you took the time to leave us five stars and a nice review wherever you get your podcast, especially Spotify, since last year's troll attack on our ratings is still affecting our ability to be found via search. (laughs) I do love getting to know you and hearing your stories and meeting you lovely humans in real life. And remember, if you want to collaborate, Apply to be a guest or leave us a single story voice memo via xstoriespodcast.com or sexstoriespodcast.com. Sex stories are always going to be my favorite, but now I also have question lists for love, friendship, dating, relationships, marriage, divorce, secrets, and so much more so that we can learn about connection through each other's experiences. I fucking love getting your emails and voice memos and receiving thoughtful noodle messages. It truly is hearing from you that fuels this work for me. And if you want to go deeper with me, get to know me, and support this podcast in meaningful, concrete ways, find me on Patreon, OnlyFans, FetLife, Venmo, Cash App, and all social media platforms at Wiley, or work with me privately for photo and video shoots, relationship support, creative breakthrough sessions, and retreats. Wiley.com slash links is where you can find the list of all the ways to play with me, and the link is in the description below. Thank you for joining me to spread ripples of love to co-create a world where taking care of each other is the norm. Thank you for spoiling and inspiring me with your stories and your support. Please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and remember to share stories in the name of lovely human connection. (laughs) 